Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, last time we started out with the Gospel of Mark. And we, we busted through the first chapter. Busted through the busted first chapter. Yeah, the first busted chapter. through. <laughs> yeah, because Mark is the, he's the kind of book, I love this because it's like, let's just get to it. Boom. Yeah. We're in it. And uh, every story is like that. It's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, there's, there's not really time to breathe. It's like reading a, a thriller versus reading a literary fiction. You know, it's like boom, boom, boom. Here we go. So here we go. And I don't think on uh, our purpose for our podcast oh. is to necessarily do a verse by verse study. No. That's not really what we're trying to do. Uh, we could do that. But uh, I think what we're trying to do is just get the practical application of the stories sure. of Jesus to people. And um, maybe we missed a story or two. Yeah. There, but. You know, we're, we're like Bob Ross. We're, we're using a big brush and we're making happy little accidents. <laughs> so, and that's okay. Okay. That's let's okay. keep going so, with that. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to read the beginning of chapter two. Um, so Mark chapter two, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I'm going to stop right there, Jack, okay. because I think that's just a, a great lead in. And then we can read the rest of that after okay. we get, get through. Well, before about you it. parse away, let, yeah, me just, oh, absolutely. let me just give you this thought. Uh, how about those four friends? Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they're overlooked a little bit, but those four friends had a lot of faith in Christ and had a lot of love right. for that man. And uh, so I, I don't think we, we should overlook those four friends. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like the stretcher bearers, you know, right. um, they're on a corner of this, this friend's stretcher and they're carrying him through town. And eventually they carry him up the stairs to the roof and eventually they break through the roof and lower him through. So those, those friends, went a long way to show love to that man to get him into the it, front it of It doesn't Jesus. really tell us where they're from either. You know, we'd assume that they're probably there in Capernaum. But, you know, in the end of our first chapter, you know, the leper that Jesus healed went and told everybody mm -hmm. about it. And it said that Jesus could no longer be in the towns right. uh, because people were just swarming him and, and that sort of thing. So it said he went to the desolate areas. I want to know what happened in the desolate areas. Yeah. You know, but here he it yeah. says he, he's, he's gone home right? and his home is Capernaum. So he's kind of made that technically or literally his home. And they were waiting on him. <laughs> and they were waiting on him when they heard he was coming home. You know, like you talk about getting the message around. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone came to see him and wow. Well, and I expect his friends, you know, the, the paralytic's friends probably heard, hey, Jesus is, is back in town. But, you know, when you got a paralytic to move, you can't move as fast as the crowd. Right. Right. They probably started out just the same. You know, hey, we got to get Let's go. our buddy and go. But the crowd just 
poof, it's like, imagine trying to get into the, the, the Indianapolis 500, oh you know, gosh, and you've got, light. right, you're just, you're pushing somebody in a wheelchair even, yeah. you know, let alone carrying somebody. Yeah, you can't get through a crowd like that. So these guys are stuck. Um, now we get to the part where Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. We talked a little bit about that kind of thing before where what's he saying? Well, it's interesting that the first thing he does is he exposes the man's sin. Yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, think about that. You know, here you are coming to Jesus and you're, you're, uh, you're, you're thinking I'm coming to have my paralysis yeah. healed. And yeah. he goes, your sins are forgiven. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, sin, sins, right. you know. Uh, so he exposed those sins. And when your sins are exposed, John, what do you do? You either have to agree that you're a sinner right. or lie right. and try to look good. Right. But confession of sin uh, means to agree with God mm. that you have sinned. Right. And so evidently the man confesses it and evidently he's healed. <laughs> you know, when I was a little kid and I heard this story for the first time in, in Sunday school, um, it was sort of like, oh, oh, your sins are forgiven. And now let's get to the now good, let's get to the, the now part. let's get to the yeah. good part. Um, and and it, I just I didn't understand the you know, the impact of that because those were just words. Um, but the real deal was, you know, oh, I'm going to heal your body so you can get up and walk, you know, and not have to rely on your friends and not have to cut a hole in somebody's roof, you know, but the greater miracle right, is the forgiveness and of the greater sins. need of the right. man, the greater need, the greater miracle. And also, again, it's establishing Jesus for As who God. he is, for who he is. Um, he is the source of his own authority, right? Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. I love it. How in it their hearts. That. In their hearts, because Jesus so, can read their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, there you go. And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, can you imagine this? You're thinking this. You're just thinking it. You're not saying anything. Well, that's authority. And this guy he, who, who said your sins are forgiven. Yeah, and he's, he has, not, he's not backing up. He hasn't healed him yet. <laughs> he just said your sins are forgiven. And you're just sitting there minding your own business, not saying a word. And he turns and looks right at you, right at yeah, you. And he's not worried what you're going right. to do, right? And he says, why do you question these things <laughs> in your hearts? <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe would, they should that, have a light going. That would to totally go. freak Maybe me out. Maybe we don't need to be uh, <laughs> accosting this guy. Maybe we're, we're right. over our hands right. here. Which is easier to say <laughs> to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And John? I think that's one of the main reasons that he did his healing. Oh, ministry. yeah. Okay, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And, go home. <laughs> <laughs> and he rose immediately, picked up his bed and went out before them all 
So they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. <laughs> you know, and, and the other piece is Jesus didn't say, stick around, hear what else I've got to Yo. say. He says, go home. You gotta walk and I'm like, it, it's, and the, the guy, I'm like, I'm thinking, did he want to say something back to Jesus? Did he want to sit and listen Not to him for a while? It's like, you know, rise up, go home. You know, um, it's just, it's an amazing story from every angle. I think that, that <laughs> what this man expected was hopefully to be healed of his, you know, his paralysis, to be able to walk. And he went home whole, completely yeah. whole. In other words, not only did Jesus take care of the physical aspect of his need, but also the spiritual aspect of his need oh, yeah. of sin. So now he, they're whole. Yeah. And that's what Jesus offers. He offers you to be whole, not, not just healed temporarily of your body, but healed eternally of your sin. What an amazing thing he did for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, and what he does for us. Yeah. It's amazing. So um, I, I keep, I, I'm thinking of that Pharrell Williams song, you know, uh, the, I'm happy. Don't worry. You know, no. If you, no, no. If you feel like a room without a roof, <laughs> this guy was happy. You feel like a room without a roof. <laughs> yeah. This guy was happy in that room without a roof because um, <laughs> Jesus just blew the roof off. You know, didn't the guy didn't have to cut a hole in the in the in the roof. He blew the roof off he with blew that. The roof off. So anyway, that's just beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. He heals us in every respect. So yeah. it's interesting that. Uh, of all of the disciples that uh, Mark mentions, the first one that he mentions, moving on, do you want to move right, on? Right, yeah, let's do it. Is uh, he, he goes out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi or Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth because he's a tax collector. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and follow me. You talk about a brief little you know, story about right. the calling of Levi. But right. what that shows me is Jesus calls the rejects and the outcasts yes. and the outcasts. Yeah. And uh, that's who he's going to, that kind of sets a tone right? Uh, for even the men that are going to follow him are going to be varied right? and uh, they're going to not necessarily be accepted by the whole of society. There were there were three kinds of tax collectors in in Judea, okay, and the the first was called a gabai, and those were the big time tax collectors. They collected like property tax and stuff like that, and you bring the tax to them, kind of thing. And then the other two were basically the same kind, and they were called mokesh. And okay. and I, I remember because I think of the first guy being like, "Say goodbye to your money," um, and then the the next one is like, "I need mo 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 cash." Mo cash. So, <laughs> I'll always remember. Anyway, that. so you you can remember that. There you go. Um, but. <laughs> The the Mokesh, there were there were two kinds. There was the kind that would hire other lesser Mokesh, basically, to collect the taxes for them. And these are the guys that would set up along the route. Um, and they they would sometimes just make up taxes. You know, mm -hmm. so oh you need you need to pay your donkey tax or you know whatever it is. Um, and these guys would sit in a little booth. Well, first off, they're sitting in a booth probably to be protected because. 
yeah. that people want to kill them because yeah. they were they but they were the most hated. Right. And if you were a tax collector, not only were you an outcast from your family, you weren't allowed in the synagogue. So you were an outcast from your faith. So that's pretty much a eternal death sentence. Yeah, yeah. And and so to the Pharisees and the scribes, you, you know, we talk about blaspheming the Holy Spirit is is like an unpardonable sin, okay? Because the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you still reject him. No. To the Pharisees and the scribes, the unforgivable sin was to be a Roman tax collector. Hmm. And so and so here's Levi or Matthew. He's the unforgivable. Yeah. And Jesus says, follow me. Gets him in his groove, which that doesn't yeah. uh, give him any uh, brownie points with the Pharisees no. and the teachers of the law there. It shows that he accepts all of us, no matter what uh, our cultural background is or our financial background or anything else. And then he goes to his house and eats right. with him. And, and who's a tax collector's friends? Tax other tax collectors <laughs> and and, other and basically sinners. sinners. And, and why are those guys together? Well, it's we see the same thing in our own culture. People who are sort of outcasts or misfits, they tend to get together. Okay, and and it's it's a sad fact that that kind of thing still happens in a sense because you know what? In Jesus' mind, He's proven it here. There are no outcasts. You know, that's right. That's there there are no outcasts. Um, so yeah, he goes to their house. Now, what does that say to the tax collectors and or to the scribes and the Pharisees? He eats with tax collectors and sinners. He yeah. is he is a sinner. Yeah, but, well, if he, it, if he hangs out with them in that culture. You didn't invite someone into your house, or you didn't go to their house, um, unless you were kind of on the same level, but spiritually, financially class, whatever, however you want to look at it. And so for him to eat with them in their mind was he was accepting them. Okay. And accepting who and what they were. I All just right. thought of, I just thought of a problem the Pharisees had. I think the problem the Pharisees had was they couldn't understand that uh, because a man was separated from sin and God wants you to be separated from sin doesn't mean that you need to be separated from sinners. Yeah. Because Jesus said, the reason I'm eating with these sinners is because I didn't come to, to heal the well, but to heal the sick. I came to for those who are in sin that need a Savior. Right. And I think the Pharisees are probably among the chief ones that needed him yeah. to forgive them. But nevertheless, that's why Jesus came to call sinners. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, your sin is not greater than the blood of Christ or the forgiveness of Christ or the mercy of Christ or the grace of Christ. He is bigger than all of it. So don't hesitate to come to him. And don't say you have to fix your life up first or you have to get things straightened out first. Right. The thing to do is to come to Jesus and let him fix your life. I had a friend years ago who um, I was talking to him about you know, accepting Christ and and becoming a Christian because I, I could just feel that it was on his heart that he wanted to do that. And um, he said something to the effect of, I just don't feel like I'm good enough yet. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and I said, well, yeah, you're right. None of us are. 
I mean, that's kind of the whole point of coming to him. Yeah. You know, you don't wait until you got things right. He's the one that makes it right. And, and, and even better than that, he's the one that overlooks the stuff that ain't right. You know, uh, it, it's his blood that cleanses our sin. That's right. It's not anything we do. And I think the reason the Pharisees hated him so much is because they wanted to believe that they were righteous of their own accord. Of their own? Of yeah. They, they followed the letter of the law to some measure. They followed the visual, visible portions of the law. Okay. The things that other people could see, they did that. And, and sadly, we have a lot of that today. We have a lot of that today um, because we have Christian leaders who um, <laughs> take a big fall because they get caught yeah. in, in a, a sin that they've covered for years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually your sin will find you out. Right. Right. And it's a, it's a real heartache uh, to me. I, um, I was a big fan of Ravi Zacharias. Oh yeah. Followed yeah. his ministry. What a, what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. Um, and not until after his death, does it come out yeah. that this man had a, a real, Problem. problem with uh, sexual sin and disregard for certain other people. Okay. And, and I'm not bringing that up to focus on him. I'm not. I'm bringing it up to focus on the fact that we are not righteous of our own accord. We, even the people who, you know, are in the forefront, you know, who may maybe look like Pharisees. We put on the show. Um, there's no, there's nothing righteous about anything mm. that we do. Our righteousness, like Paul said, is like filthy rags. Okay. So I, I we've got to drop the pretense and, uh, you know, admit that the we're sinners just like the outcast, just like the tax collector. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came for us. The difference between the Pharisees and the leper, the Pharisees didn't see their sin sick hearts. Mm. They didn't see their sickness. But do you, when you think about the Pharisees, do you think about them being men of joy? Not at all. You know, the happy men of joy that just kind of, attract you to them. Oh, I want to go to that, his class, because he just, boy, he just filled, filled with joy. It's just the opposite. It's like, it's like the Pharisee when Jesus is pointing it out, and the, he's praying and saying, Lord, uh, uh, thank you that I'm not like that tax collector over there. Yeah, but uh, after the prayer of the tax collector, be <laughs> merciful to me, a sinner. Yeah. The tax collector goes home dancing. Right. And the Pharisee's still, uh, right. uh, why he's am I? Stuck in his own pride. Yeah. It's kind of amazing because the next thing that they do is they question him about fasting. In other words, hey, the Pharisees fast, and even John the Baptist's disciples fasted. Right. Jesus, why don't you fast? And basically, Jesus said, listen, when the bridegroom's with you, you party. You know, when he's right. away, then you can be morbid. But uh, it, I am now with you. It's time to party. <laughs> and, and part of the unspoken thing there is... Uh, the Pharisees are like, why aren't you following the rules? Why aren't you following our rules? The spontaneity. And, and Jesus, Jesus is like, um, you do realize 
Who wrote the rules? Yeah, who wrote the rules? Well, that's why, and that's a good point, because right here, when he's questioned about that, he's also questioned about the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, He's questioned about the fact that he um, uh, is Lord of the Sabbath. In verse 23, it says, uh, one Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, uh, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain the Pharisees were saying, hey, look what you're doing. It's not lawful on the Sabbath. Just picture these guys following along. Yeah. It's like they got nothing better to hey, do. Hey, wait, 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 wait. There's something. You're doing this wrong. He tells them a story about David when he's, you know, running from Saul, uh, comes to a, a synagogue and basically gets some of the bread that was not for them. And that's just an example. He's saying that, listen. Mm-hmm. Man is not for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for man. Right. It's been for us. I have come to bring in my kingdom a new law, a new Sabbath, a new, and it is by grace. And when you have it, you know total joy. And that's the difference in the disciples of Jesus who are walking along. Hey, give me a little grain of, uh, you know, some grain here. And uh, the Pharisees that were ripping their clothes and putting ash on their heads and fasting and trying to show people I'm fasting because don't I look bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if if you're making work out of the Sabbath, it's not rest. You know, yeah, that's Jesus true. is like, you missed the point. The Sabbath is a day of rest. Well, John, the way... Not, the way yeah, right, know, right. John, the way this the way this chapter ends is Jesus doing something that made my blood kind of curdle. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to tell you this. This one really got me last night. I was reading this again, but they ask him about him doing this on the Sabbath, and then he says to them, "The Sabbath is made for man." But uh, in chapter three, and I'm kind of moving over, you know, because this is still kind of kind of a Sabbath deal. Okay, mm-hmm. so let let's just. That's bring great. six verses of three in because it's still go. the Sabbath. So in the first six verses of chapter three, he again he enters the synagogue, and a man with a withered hand is there, and they watch Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. They watch Jesus to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. So they their eyes are glaring at him, right? They're looking at him. They're checking him out. And uh, he said to them, to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, looks at them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or kill? But they were silent. They didn't have an answer for that, right? And look at this. This is the blood curdling part. Yeah, yeah. And he looked around at them. But what did he have in his heart, in his eyes? With anger. And he was grieved at their hardness of heart. And so what did he do? He said to the man. He said, stretch out your hand. He healed the weather man. He withered our man. He didn't hesitate. The man stretched out. His hand was restored. And the Pharisees went out immediately, held counsel with the Herodians against him. And the discussion was how to destroy him. So they haven't learned anything about what we're talking about, about being focused on Christ. They're not seeing any of the authority and the godliness. They are missing God. 
100% missing God. And now Jesus has a... Um, they're rejecting God. They're rejecting God. Yeah. And Jesus has a... Um, I think Jesus has a, a decision to make. Will he stay there in that area and battle it out? Or will he think about his ministry and expanding his ministry and moving on out? Oh, you know what he did. Mm -hmm. He moved on out. Yeah. Jesus went on out, took the risk to continue to minister and to heal and unfortunately to do battle with these Pharisees who now were bringing others in on the mission to destroy Jesus. Yeah. So. Mark ain't pulling any punches. <laughs> he gets to it. It's just like, here we are. Boom. Here's another one. Yeah. This is the, uh, the action adventure gospel. Yeah. Uh, that's what that yeah. is. Well, we're going to jump back into the rest of chapter three next time. And uh, we just thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, our little subtitle for uh, the Jack and John podcast is Adventures in Faith. Um, and I feel like that's what we're doing here, Jack. We're just, we're on an adventure in our faith. I'm having fun. Yeah. When you're 72 years old, you got to sit in a chair and have your adventure. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Uh, please connect with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you guys take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks,